You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back again. Uh, in studio once again, so I can see all of your beautiful, shining faces. Um, for those of you who have listened to Behind the Mask for a while now, uh, you got used to Ryan Collins last year beginning episodes talking about the weather outside. Uh, and it is so bad out there, I feel I would be remiss if I did not bring it up. Uh, last night I went to bed and it was negative three, uh, and my heat doesn't work well. So, I'm, I'm bitter about that. Other than that, we have, we have a lot to get to. Uh, we have three pages in our planning document, which is, uh, about double what we usually do. Uh, but how are we feeling, everyone? Feeling great, except for, I mean, the weather. We just had a little snowmageddon, a little nine inches dropped where I was at. I had to travel from Farmington Hills to East Lansing here, so... Roads were all clear, but I missed a day of work. Oh, no. That that sucked. I actually got a lot of schoolwork done in that day, so that was nice. But, hey, I got here in one piece. Roads were nice. I'm feeling good. We're getting to the final stretch of the season. So let's go, gentlemen. Um, I know I'm doing all right. I guess the weather's been kind of a damper on things. But, like, other than that, no complaints. Just kind of been, just kind of been doing my thing. Um... I am not enjoying my first Michigan winter with a car. Um, I just got done shoveling seven inches of snow off of my car Tuesday morning. Um, and then having a snowplow driver put at least six more inches in front of my car today. So I'm not really too happy about that. Um, I know my family back home is not happy dealing with five inches of snow in North Texas where it does not snow. So shout out to them. Um, happy snow days to them, um, but we don't get snow days up here, do we, in Michigan? So that's that kind of sucks. You so. dude, before stuff was online. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, speaking of, today is actually one year anniversary of uh, us broadcasting from Little Caesars Arena for the first time ever. Uh, and Johnny Supan drove through a blizzard where we saw six cars on the side of the road. Uh, we were not one of them, thankfully. Uh, just a little throwback. Apparently, just, apparently February seventeenth is just a terrible day for weather in Michigan. Uh, but it's okay. Uh, we'll be. Uh, uh, where am I going? I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk recruits. We didn't last time, uh, so this is kind of outdated news. But news, but we wanted to wait until we were in person to talk about that. Uh, but first, uh, the Big Ten tournament in hockey is a month from tomorrow, so we are we are really close to the stretch here. Uh, so we're going to look into rankings, standings, all that stuff like we usually do. Uh, some teams made a jump this uh, this week. Minnesota is now fourth. Wisconsin's fifth. Michigan seventh. Uh, Notre Dame and Penn State got receiving votes. So, uh, kind of a three headed monster right now. But it's weird because three of the top seven are Mich- uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And Notre Dame's ahead of Michigan in the standings. So, just kind of weird. And they will have home ice advantage in the tournament uh, because the Big Ten tournament is in uh, South Bend. Uh, single game elimination, like uh, it was the first four years of the tournament. So, anybody can win. It is the Big Ten. After all, you get one good goalie performance, and you can knock out anyone. Uh, so I do have uh, I do have a little uh, a bet right now. Uh, if the tournament were to start today, Minnesota would get a bye. Wisconsin would play Michigan State. Notre Dame would play Ohio State, and Penn State would play Michigan. So rapid fire, one team. If you were to pick right now, who wins the tournament? Give me Minnesota. They look like the, like the most solid team, and they got Jack LaFontaine in net, which is a Hobie Baker nominee. Minnesota is the the candidate to win for me. 
Minnesota is definitely the team to beat. I cannot argue with that. But honestly, do not sleep on Wisconsin. Cole Caulfield, the best player in college hockey right now. You you cannot overlook the Badgers, and I think doing so would be a big mistake. Based solely solely on seeding, give me Minnesota. If in the in that case, with the way that everything's set up right now, Michigan and Wisconsin would play in a semifinal if everything were to go their way. And I would take Michigan in that game and then Minnesota in the final. Fair enough. Uh, I would go Michigan just on paper. It looks like it, it, everyone's going to be uncomfortable with not being their own arena. And single game, I think Michigan has the most star power. They do, they do better in the second half of the season. And I said it before the year, so I'll stick with that. I'll go with Michigan. So uh, moving on, we're going to get into our recruits now. So a couple weeks ago, Michigan State had five players sign national letters of intent to come here next fall. Uh, so we're just going to go around, give you a little blip about each of the guys. Uh, so all five come from the USHL. Uh, so first, Jacob. Uh, we're going to be starting off with Jeremy Davidson. Uh, the only Michigan native actually on this list played last season with the Fargo Force. Uh, 5'10", 174. Uh, had a big leap last year uh, in terms of production. He's really evolved as a playmaker. Um, he played with Fargo in 2018 and 19, then went to UMass Amherst for a year, and then went back to Fargo. But in the... From 2018-19, in his first season with Fargo, he put up 17 points on 10 goals and 7 assists. And then this past season, he's put up 27 points on 9 goals and 18 assists. So he stepped up big time in terms of that production, in terms of playmaking. And so I'm really curious to see what he's going to be doing with Michigan State in that regard. Uh, yeah. All right. So up next, uh, another uh, uh, a non-Michigan native, uh, David uh, Guachardi. I believe I'm saying that correct. Gucciardi? Gucciardi. Oh. See, that's why I have you guys here. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, he plays for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Uh, he's an 0-2, so he's a young kid. Uh, 5'11", 161. Uh, two-way defender, moves the puck well. So the best thing I could do, think of somewhere between Jared Rosberg and Nash House. That's my best comparison I have right now. So, Cam, who's next? Yeah, so we got forward Tanner Kelly out of the red-hot blazing sun of San Diego, California, but he currently plays in the USHL for the Muskegon Lumberjacks. He'll be the second um, Spartan to come from the Muskegon Lumberjacks on this roster as J uh, Jagger Joshua um, came to Michigan State from there. Um, he's another youngster. He's an 0-2. He'll be 19 here in May, uh, Five foot ten, 165 pounds on the lighter side. Um, and currently he ranks third on the Muskegon Lumberjacks and 11th in the USHL for points with 28. He's got 12 goals and 16 assists in 30 games played in his second full season in the USHL. Um, fast two-way forward, good on special teams, good shot blocker as well as a net front pr presence on the power play. Think of Jagger Joshua except five inches shorter. And if if everything goes the way that it is, he'll, he would be the second lightest player on this Michigan State Spartan team as uh, your guy, David Gucciardi, is 161 pounds. He'll be the lightest. All right. Ryan, finish us off. So I got two people. I got I got the bigger plate here. But first, I got forward Eric Middendorf from Scottsdale, Arizona. He currently plays for the Chicago Steel, and he's a captain this season for them. So that's always nice for a captain to step up into a college hockey role. Right now, he's currently third in points in the whole USHL with 45 points, 22 goals, 23 assists. So that's a nice plus right there. And the only two people above him are his teammates. So Chicago Steel right now tearing it up in the USHL. He's uh, 6'1", 190, so tall, powerful skater, 20 years old, 
He's got the willingness to go to the hard er hard areas and score goals. He plays with an edge, has a powerful shot, and he's got nine power play goals this season. So look for him to add to the MSU power play. And also, he played under Danton Cole in the U.S. National Team Development Program in 2016-17. So, hey, maybe that maybe that had some sway to get him to go to Michigan State. And my other guy that I got is forward Jesse Tucker. He's a center, 20 years old, five foot eleven, one seventy four. He played on the USHL Green Bay Gramblers for three years and is also a captain this year. So once again, nice little plus. He's got four goals and 19 assists in 23 games played. He's a tenacious two-way center. He's a playmaker, has high hockey IQ, and he's 13th in the USHL with 19 assists currently. So those are my two guys I covered. All right. Easy enough. Uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy covering them next year. I'm an old man, so I'll be out of here next year. Uh, why fist pump at that, Cam? Not, not, <laughs> not nice. Not, not because you're old, but because uh, just because I'm leaving. That, that's no, cool just, to know. That's congratulations. No, just, <laughs> no, just because of, like it's the it's the uh, Judd Nelson fist bump. You know, you're done with it. But no, you know, we'll actually get some goal scoring. We'll get some goal scoring yes, prowess. Hopefully, it'll be great. More yeah. goal calls for all three of us. Oh yeah, yeah. Wish, wish for goals, and I'm gone. That's nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that there's no production right now. Hey, you had last season. Hey. Last season was fun. We're, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there was some production. We'll get to that. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll just jump into it now. Uh, so we're just going to review the Arizona State game. Jacob, Ryan, and myself were there for, were there for the first game. Uh, I was there for the second game. And usually I go through a bunch of numbers, but that first game was just such a wild roller coaster. I think we might as well just go into it. Uh, so just to recap. Uh, Michigan State scored with 50 seconds to go down 2-1 to one on the power play. Uh, nobody knew it went in. Mitchell Lewandowski himself said he thought he hit the post. He didn't know. He just kept playing. Uh, so the game ends. Time uh, at, they, add, they add time back on for a 2-2 tie, and then 10 seconds later, Arizona State wins the faceoff and puts it past the Ritter to win. So Michigan State loses game one, 3-2, but it was fun to watch. So what do we see? It was probably one of the most interesting college hockey games I've seen in my whole life and uh, I got a little give the little shout out to myself here I was calling that game it was my first full game calling it and it was such a cool finish but I mean MSU did end up losing it but the view that we were at when Lewandowski he ripped it from the right side circle it if you blinked you missed it but it hits the back upper bar and then bounced right back out so when you saw it it kind of looked like it hit the crossbar went right back out but there was no noise so I was kind of I kind of looked over at Jacob and Hattie and we were like, did that go in? And I think Hattie yeah. signaled goal and we were like, well, it's still going and nothing happened. So I had to call it as it was. It, I was like, maybe it went in, but we don't really know. But it was just a insane finish. And it sucked that MSU tied it 2-2. And then like 20 seconds later, uh, ASU just made it 3-2. And then that was it. So a very interesting game. Yeah, I mean, I was dumbfounded because I was, I recorded it, it was actually on my Twitter, I actually did, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, I got three goals on video this weekend, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, uh, but I looked over at Ryan and Jacob, like, like I, I saw it hit the back of the net, no one moved, like, I saw the bench react, and Neen House kind of threw his hands in the air, and no one else moved, like, they just kept playing, and I was lost because, you know, I'm a medium member, I can't really, like, you know, say anything, like, hey, go review that, I just have to sit there and watch, and then rewatch re my video, so, yeah, very fun, Jacob, what'd you see? Yeah, I just it was such a weird ending, but um, I think the biggest issue for Michigan State in that game, the reason they lost, was just I think they just got complacent. They thought, you know, after that goal, 
after it got reviewed and everything, I think they just thought, okay, cool, we have a chance to win in overtime. But they didn't realize there's still a whole minute of hockey yet to play at the end of it. And I think they just kind of laxed up on defense enough, and then it just kind of, uh, Arizona State just made them pay for it. It's simple as that. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't there to watch the game, but I mean, I saw the uh, the MSU Twitter notifications for the hockey team, and it was like, yeah, the game the game ended. You know, it's a tough loss, and they said, wait a minute. And as soon as I did that, I turned on the Impact 89 FM broadcast, and I just hear Ryan going, I have no clue what just went on, but apparently there was a goal scored. And then, yeah, about 10 seconds later, Arizona State wins the game, and I immediately sent a uh, text to everybody in this in um, our little room right here and said, well, it looks like um, Michigan State hockey has a script to follow. First, Spartans get st- scored on early, finally wake up in the second period, maybe score. That's an if. One of the Krieger brothers gets a major penalty, and then somehow the Spartans find a creative way to lose, which that's pretty much been what's happened the past couple of games. But let's get on to game two. You Very were. creative way to lose. <laughs> just ripping on them. <laughs> um, well, it's not my fault. They're playing into it. This is this is by you want my number. You want you always want me to talk about stats. Well, now I'm giving you explanations of this is exactly what happens almost every single game. That's fair. Beat me with my own logic. I actually got one more thing. We kind of brushed over it, but hold on. Hold the horses, guys. MSU scored a power play goal. Uh, and Lewandowski oh, yeah, yes. scored on the power play. That was a power play. That's the first one since I think the 5-1 win against Penn State. I, I didn't really search it up, so you know maybe a little fact check. Yeah, that yeah? is correct. Current, okay. That currently brings him to a whopping 4 for 51 in the season. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, but it's boom, huge thing. I think it was. Wait, do I have it written down here? I swear I have it written down here. Um, it's in there somewhere. But yeah, first goal in a long time. So that's January fourth. There we go. There it is. But yeah, first power play goal in a while. I had yeah. to had to bring that up. Yeah, four for fifty one is better than three for fifty one. Okay, that is true. you're right. Like, you're right. Like, Never say that. Come on. <laughs> We're talking about my, like the smallest of percentages Small at this point. I'm just count. saying it's not great. It's, it's not great, but you know there are some positives you can take from that. Maybe they can build on this goal and take and start scoring more on the power play in the future. And they did. That's where we go to game two because Michigan State's first goal in their two to one win was one second after the power play ended. Uh, Joshua buried a rebound, and it was one second after. So uh, it's a moral victory, uh, but it doesn't count on the stat sheet. Uh, but uh, yeah, as I was saying, Michigan State wins game two, two to one. Uh, DeRitter makes 32 out of 33 saves. Uh, Lewandowski assisted the game-winning goal uh, done by Nico Mueller, which now brings him to 99 career points. One more, and the entire KHL line will officially all hit 100 career points. So, yeah, they were one, they were one second off, two power play goals in two games. That is progress. Nico Mueller said after the game himself, I like how we played tonight. It felt good to score on the power play. I think if we get the power play going, uh, we could beat anyone in this conference, and I think he's right. This team has a solid goaltender and Raider. They play solid defense. If they could just start capitalizing on opportunities they get, they they can go to South Bend and win. I genuinely mean that. I would completely agree with that, too. I just, you know, that's been our issue with Michigan State all year. That's just been they can't score. Their defense has been great. Ritter's been phenomenal. We all know this. But they just cannot score at all on opportunities. Their offense has just been lethargic, to say the least. So, yeah, you're right. If they do score and actually be able uh, able to capitalize on the power play now going forward, they have a really good chance of being a lot of good teams. All right. Might as well keep going. Oh. Yeah, I just have, like, one more little stat here. I remember saying at the beginning of the season that, you know, with a loss of firepower up front, you're going to have to have a lot more defensive defensemen scoring. 
three out of the Spartans' four goals this weekend had defensemen scoring points. Both goals in Game 2 were assisted by defensemen. I think it was Nienhaus and Sasana, maybe on both of them. I think both assists came from defensemen. That's a good point. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I think a, a big reason the power play succeeded this weekend is because uh, Cole said it himself. They put Nader in front of the net, uh, and they moved Sasana to the to the wing of the of the, of the umbrella. They put Nienhaus up from, uh, up top, and Nienhaus up like upright in that power play. They looked they they were moving the puck well. That like that. There's nothing else you could say about that. Um, I mean, Nienhaus is a freshman. I think he could have shot more. I think he had three open looks in the first game on the power play and didn't shoot it and passed off instead. But with with Nienhaus running the power play, they get in the zone, they hold possession, they move it around well, and they get chances. So, yeah, and I mean, even if he's not like shot first mentality, it's still good for him to you know get that experience of keeping the puck, basically navigating the power play. And I'm pretty sure a couple of those, at least one of those goals, maybe the Joshua goal, was the shot pass in front off of a faceoff win, which is like if you're talking about the three things that we have all harped on the entire year is are me for defenseman scoring, somebody else for face-offs, and then net front presence. All three just culminated on that goal. Like, it was the trifecta of what us on the podcast had been wanting the entire year. So, yeah. And it's and they should feel good right now. They played well this weekend, and uh, it was their last tune-up before in a very, very scary-looking stretch. I got one more thing. I got to give some praise to Jagger Joshua. We've been down on him this podcast pretty much all year, I feel like, just because it seems like all he does is hit people really hard and get penalties and put Michigan State down a player. But the second game of that series, he was good. He got one of the goals off of a shot point slash design pass, and then he like dragged it forward, and the goalie was out of position. He just punched it right in, so that was great. And he had two steals where he was the only person in the Arizona State zone. There was nobody helping, wasn't a takeaway, wasn't like a stick in the lane. He just straight up stole the puck. One of them was a shot right on net, and the other one I think he passed it back, and it didn't work out like MSU's offense half the time. But Jagger Joshua had a great second game, and he's got four goals on the season. So we just had to give him a little bit of praise today. Yeah, well, I think we haven't really been down on him a lot. It's just the the fact of the matter is, is that the way that he has played, the line combinations that Cole has had him with, are not setting him up for success. Like you had said, he's the only person in on the forecheck sometimes, and he's sometimes over-aggressive and overzealous with the way that he throws his body around. Case in point, the Cole Caulfield penalty in Game 1 against Wisconsin, where they score immediately, and Wisconsin rambles on to win that one, like, what, 6 nothing or whatever? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is he's got his own style of play, and they just they needed people around him that understand that that's how he's played because not going to lie he's been shifted up and down between the first and third lines the past what month and a half just because of the way that other people have been playing so honestly as long as they find him good line mates to play with he'll, he sh- should be doing what he's been doing the past couple games and they did uh the right now the top 6 for this past weekend was Combs now they're Hodges on line 1 Joshua Mueller Lewandowski line 2 um i don't think that top 6 changes after how they looked this weekend I mean, if they have a really bad game in the future, they'll probably change it up. But the, the, the those two lines work really well together. So, yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, tough stretch, as I said. They will play—Michigan uh, Michigan State will play the top four of the Big Ten uh, for the last four—for the last four weekends of the regular series, uh, for the regular season. So, if there was ever a—yeah, uh, if there was ever a tune-up to get ready to play tough teams in South Bend, uh, it's now. Uh, this weekend they play Minnesota. After that they go to South Bend to play Notre Dame. 
uh, and then they get Wisconsin, and then a home and home with Michigan to end the year, and then the tournament. Which uh, I don't want to say anything that we're not we don't mean, but we did apply for four credentials to go to Notre Dame, so hopefully we'll have a broadcast. Maybe we can hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers boys. crossed. You know, there's no. I don't think there's any better place to spend St. Patrick's Day weekend in America than South Bend, Indiana. True. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, Michigan State plays Minnesota this weekend, and on paper, this is a daunting matchup. And even off paper, it is. Um, Minnesota is fourth in goals per game right now in the country with 3.85. Uh, second in goals against with 1.86. 18th ranked power play, so not top 10 on that. Uh, 21. Uh, percent on the power play and then 12th in penalty kill with 85 uh and then last weekend they played at notre dame who currently is third in the big 10 and they outscored them a combined six nothing both nights so what are we looking for well the first time msu played minnesota i actually think they did pretty good i'd say we would I'll say that being that, you know, Minnesota is a powerhouse of themselves at this point in time. But the first game that they played, they lost three to one. They were trailing three to zero going in the third. So they just got a gimme goal at the end to make it look like a better score line. But the second game was a four to two loss. If you look into that, it was not a bad loss. It was two zero Minnesota up. MSU came back of two goals of their own, made it two two. And then on the power play, Minnesota capitalized, made it three two and then buried an empty netter to make it four two. So that second game was not bad at all. So I look at that and say MSU effectively shut down the Minnesota offense. I mean, not like not complete shutdown because obviously they scored three goals and then four goals in the second game, one empty netter. But MSU did a good job defensively to slow them down and play their game. So going into this series, I want to see MSU do that again, make them play into their own defensive game. And another thing for Minnesota, which they got going right now is Jack LaFontaine, uh, he got first star in the Big Ten this past week, and he's just looking like a beast in net. Obviously, that Minnesota defense is helping him out, but he looks hard to pass right now. So good luck, Min- or good luck, Michigan State scoring on him this weekend. Yeah, we already know that Minnesota is just an absolute just powerhouse in terms of uh, just the amount of offense they get. But yeah, like you were saying, uh, Jack LaFontaine, I think, is actually going to be the key matchup here it's going to be probably yeah i would say the goalie matchup here deritter versus lafontaine is probably going to be the thing to watch this weekend um lafontaine act or minnesota as a whole actually has the least goals allowed this season in the big 10 as a whole uh with only 34 goals next lowest is um is notre dame with 41 that's a lie i just look <laughs> it's michigan with 36 uh but still um it's just yeah th- these kinds of matchups here Minnesota's offense, we already know, very good. Their goalie, also very good. This is going to be a very tough matchup for the Spartans. That's all I got to say. I think we are, like, blasphemy overlooking the fact that Minnesota only scores three to four goals per game. That's, like, their average is three three goals a game, but they consistently score three or four goals a game. They don't put the offensive power the offensive, you know, light show that like Wisconsin or Mich- Michigan is able to do. They're a very defensive-minded team. The first two times that Michigan State played them was when Michigan State started to dip below, you know, the 35 shots on goal per game total, 33 and 25 um, in game two and game one, respectively. So they, they're really good at, you know, blocking shots and keeping chances to the outside, which is why LaFontaine has done so well is because his defensemen have, or his defenders have basically given up low quality chances to most teams in the Big Ten 
And most of the time, they only need to score two or three goals in a game because LaFontaine just stands on his head. So honestly, that that's the matchup that I'm looking forward to is the goalie battle. But if if the Spartans could put a couple of goals behind LaFontaine and get him rattled between the pipes, that could be something that works for him. Okay, yes, you are you are correct. Uh, I guess a little bit about Minnesota's offense being somewhat mutable, only scoring about three or four goals a game. But how many goals a game does MSU score? Uh, 1.75 on average. And you're forgetting. You, uh, the, I mean, I wouldn't call the fourth best offense in the country a, a defensive-minded team. That's just a solid whole roster. I mean, yeah, they're solid. It's just what I'm trying to say is, is that they limit opposition to low-quality scoring chances because whenever we get into blank wins if, that's kind of like one of my points is the fact that they only need to score three or four goals a game. They don't need to put up all these high-quality numbers just because LaFontaine is so good. And they're 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 so they're such a good sound team, and have every single fundamental that you would want in a hockey team. That's what they produce on the ice. It's literally just cool, calm, and calculated. Yeah, and uh, like one of the reasons they do that so well. I mean, like their like their defense core is just solid top to bottom. Uh, Minnesota's the second heaviest team in like Division One. And they use it so well. Like that that's that's why they win, because they play keep away with the puck. They use their giant bodies and get in the way. Like it, it it's like watching twenty Jagger Joshua's use their body to their advantage. <laughs> it, 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 like they play keep away and eventually you, you get out of position, they tire you down, they find a backdoor. That's just that's how that's how that game's gonna go. Um and yeah, you alluded to it, might as well get into it. Uh blank wins if start with Minnesota. Minnesota wins if simple, they score first. In the first series that they played against MSU, they scored first both games. They won first both uh, they won both games, blah blah blah. They're like like we said, they got around three to four goals in them a game, and Michigan State is averaging less than two. So Minnesota, if they score first both games, I'd say they win both games. I'm gonna take it even a step further. I wouldn't even say if it's just if they score first. I think it's if they can score at least two goals. I think you can trust LaFontaine to stand on his head. Uh, against a very woeful Spartan offense we've talked at length on the, about this show. I think if they can score at least two goals, LaFontaine will do the rest, and they're fine. Both of these gentlemen on either side of me took both of my points for <laughs> both of these things. You so can agree you with can, us. It's a good hop You on. can tap out. Well, I'm just going to throw it in there. Um, Minnesota's really good when they score first. They're 14-1 and one Ooh, when scoring you. first. Michigan State is 2-10. and 10. Now, that statistic may not carry the non-conference games against Arizona State. I calculated it in there. I didn't have enough chance or didn't have enough time to look and see if it contained the first two meetings against Arizona State. But still, 2-10 and when allowing oppositions to score first for Michigan State. Minnesota's 14-1 and when they score first. And they're unbeaten whenever they go into uh, the first intermission with a lead. Wow. The first intermission with a lead. Dang. All right. Um... Yeah, all good points, all stuff I was going to touch on. I'll just basically keep this short and simple. Minnesota will win if they play their game they played all year. Uh, and then I'll just go make this quick. Michigan State will win if their defensemen are aggressive on the forecheck. Uh, this team, Minnesota is a team that's going to hold the puck about 75% of the game. So when Michigan State does get the puck, they can't give it up to start backing off. they got to attack. Same as the Herbrooks mentality of how to beat uh, the Soviets. By the way, the anniversary is on Monday. So, fun thing. Uh, yeah, so you uh, you don't beat this team by defending them. You attack them. I believe I'm, that's an exact quote. And Herb Brooks is a pretty good hockey coach. Ironically coached in Minnesota. So, movie night? Movie night Monday? Miracle. Since, yeah, mm. miracle movie night? Yeah, that's fine. I don't have midterms or anything. <laughs> oh, dang 
and considerate. You're already getting a Red Wings game out of me. Which, by the way, it's the first time in probably, I swear to you, 30 games I haven't watched Red Wings start to finish. So you guys feel loved. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> you, I feel special that you went here uh, during this time and we're recording this podcast. Wow. Yeah, I'm not, I, even, I'm not even watching on my computer either. Like, I just have, I just have a planning <laughs> doc up. That's right. I could pull it up right now on my computer. But, uh, hey, I'll, I'll continue to keep it rolling here. Michigan State will win if they keep the power play rolling. They almost had two power play goals this weekend. You know, Jagger Joshua was one second off of scoring that power play goal. So, uh, that's like a gimme power play goal, but it doesn't count the stats. Whatever. Michigan State needs an edge in the series, and a power play goal would be a huge thing for them. So, that's how Michigan State will win some games. I'm going to kind of build a little bit off of what Hattie said. Michigan State will win if they can play physical and win the battles in the corners. You need to have that forecheck. You need to have an aggressive mentality on offense. It's pretty simple. Against Arizona State, one thing I thought I liked that I saw a lot from them was that they were getting into the corners, trying to actually you know uh, throw the body around a little bit, and especially against a bigger, more physical team like uh like Minnesota, then you're going to have to be that level of phys- match that level of physicality, so to speak. So, really, if they can at least try and take it to him physically, then where that can wear them down a little bit, and then maybe they can sneak something past Lafontaine. All right. Oh, I didn't skip you. I said all right. Oh, okay. I thought you were, that that <laughs> all that right, all right sounded on, like a let's move on. All right, but yeah. Um, to go off Ryan's point, um, that one second after the power play goal. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So uh, MSU wins if the Ritter plays lights out and they hold Minnesota to two or less goals. I'm going to piggyback off your point, Jacob, because Minnesota is only one in five when scoring two goals or less. So if you're Michigan State and you can hold them to under two goals, you're in a pretty good you know, position to win this game. So Yeah, if they're going to win, that's how they're going to do it. They're not going to, yeah. The Michigan State, they're just not going to run and gum the teams. So, good point. Uh, we do have another mailbag this week. Uh, well, yeah. I just said woo. Oh. Sorry. woo. No, How just dare excited. you Sorry. woo? Sorry, I just got to got to put that in there. No, no, I hate the woos of the Red Wings games, and we're not going to woo oh, here. Oh, gosh. I, I despise it. You didn't have Ridiculous. to bring that up. I'm, that's the one thing without fans that's good this season. There's no woos. Agreed. <sighs> Ryan, I know you care, so it's 0-0 zero, zero after one. I'm still keeping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were they playing tonight, anyways? Chicago. Oh, okay. So this might be the only the only times I'm actually rooting for the Red Wings to win. Wow. Your team's so bad, you cheer for other teams to beat them. <laughs> no, it's just it's an it's just an anti-Chicago mentality. As he's wearing his Stanley Cup champ St. Louis shirt from say, 2019. Yes, yes my team's Please. so bad. Detroit fans don't have ground to stand on right now, currently, because he's got because he's got that shirt on. Then yeah. Okay. It wouldn't let's be behind, keep it. Let's keep yeah. it rolling. It, would, it wouldn't be behind the mask <laughs> if I didn't rip on the blues. <laughs> true. That is true. Completely unwarranted, I might add. Uh, it is, but I'm, I'm not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, getting into the mailbag. Um, our leader, Luke Sloan, will start us off. Uh, when his Spartan career concludes, do you think? Do you believe Drew Ritter can eclipse the success that John Lethman had while at Michigan State? Jacob Stinson. I can say, I'll say yes. It's kind of tough because obviously John Lethman was incredible goaltender, but I think DeRitter has is kind of putting a lot of those steps in place to actually be able to overtake him a little bit. Uh, I was comparing Leth, uh, Drew DeRitter's stats this year uh, as a junior. He's right. Is a junior? Junior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in uh, comparing that to his uh, John Lethman's senior stats from last year, um, they had pretty comparable save percentage. DeRitter is a 9.32 and Lethman a 9.35. So both very good percentages, but pretty comparable. One thing I found that was a little more noticeable, though, was DeRitter 
as the goals against average only 2.43. Lethman was a 3.21. So the Raiders letting up a little bit less goals per game, which I think, you know, if you can build off of that and just try and keep the goals down too, who, who's to say next year you can't take that jump and have an even better season than Lethman did his senior year? No, I agree. Uh, this might come off as a hot take, but I think Drew DeRitter is just as good, if not better than Lethman was last year. That, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like that just because of what Lethman did and like all the stuff he was nominated for. But when you look at like the situations they're put in, the help they're getting, and the guys that, uh, that they've lost off last year's roster, I think DeRitter is making the absolute most out of what he can in this situation. All right. Uh, so, great answer, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Ian Gilmore, once again, brings a heater to the BD, uh, BTM uh, mailbag with just an outside-the-box question. Uh, so I want one number. Uh, how many uh, Over under how many uh, more games left in this season uh, will not be over when triple zeros at the clock? So basically, give me one number. How many games the rest of this season will go to overtime? I'm saying two. Final answer, locking in. Do you want to say which two? I mean, No. <laughs> Because it's just it's just out like anything could happen in these games, I guess. So, nah, that's fair. If I were banking on it, I would go one, and it'll be like it'll begin one of the games in Notre Dame. Um, it happened last time they played; they went to a shootout. But um, other than that, yeah, that's the only one I think has like a realistic chance of even going to overtime. Two Notre Dame and Wisconsin, really. Yeah. Hot right. take with the Wisconsin one. Not hot take because they were in that 1-1 game yes. where they lost 4-1 to because Gallagher got the uh, the 10-minute misconduct and the top power basically just ran riot with Caulfield. Caulfield's power play one unit just scoring both of those goals to make it 3-1, get the empty netter. I, I take that one. They're going to go overtime. All right. Uh, I'm going to go three, actually. I'm going to say one against Notre Dame, uh, the final game at East Lansing against Michigan, and their first tournament game will go to overtime. Ah, I see. I see. Yes. I didn't even think about the tournament. Mm, so yeah. they will not go down without a fight. Uh, they, they, <laughs> may, they might even win. Um, and also, I think... The Fighting Spartans. We're going to go back to this. Hey, no. No. <laughs> Sparty. <laughs> I'll take a point off you. Don't do that. <laughs> Is that, well, is that they, allowed? Is, well, is that will, allowed? I think we'll have, to check in, the, we'll have to check the rule book on this one. They'll be in South Bend, so just I mean they they will. I mean it's uh, it's also I'm I not think say it again though. Besides, like the home ice advantage, like the home ice advantage, uh, like I'm not. Would you agree with uh, for me saying um, so? Michigan State, we're going to assume is going to finish last in the in the conference, correct? Actually, yeah. uh, they yeah. are. They do have. They're one point behind Ohio, Ohio State. But and Ohio State five. has a favorable schedule yes. compared to MSU. Definitely. So yeah, but how have they been playing lately? True. Like, let's... All right. So, assuming that Michigan State finishes last, you want, uh, and, and assuming this Minnesota finishes first in the conference, they get a bye. So out of Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Michigan, the Spartans want Notre Dame, correct? Yes. 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 Okay. Just want to make sure we're on the same page there. That's all. That's just wanted a quick little. <laughs> Randall rattle off. Um, so yeah, moving on in the pickums. I uh, not not pickums. Oh, mailbag, mailbag. Mail Thank bag. you. Mailbag. Oh, slacking off. All right, what does MSU have to do? What are you highlighting? <laughs> Since you missed it, <laughs> Jacob, this is my question for you. <laughs> this is my my turn, Jacob. Back <laughs> off. Stealing thunder. You got your turn. Uh, what does MSU have to do to turn things around coming down the stretch in the rough past? Uh, rough patch says uh, Zach Sudernick. Sudernick. Sorry. Uh, Cam. Yeah, so you kind of touched on it earlier. It's, you know, the defensemen getting involved in on the rush. Like we had said earlier in the season, you're going to need defensemen firepower to come in. Um, their record is not necessarily that good when defensemen score. Um, I think they've lost more games than they've won. 
when defensemen do score. But either way, against a couple of teams that are really top tier when it comes to goaltending, besides Notre Dame, who's been kind of weird when they play the Spartans, um, you're gonna you're gonna need as many goals and as many points as you can. Goals have been few and uh, far to come by at this point, so any anything's basically just gonna help. That DeRitter's gonna have to play on his head like he has all year, and you're gonna need somebody to step up and basically just turn the tone or set the tone for games early, whether it's Louie or um, Joshua. Those are those would be my two of setting tone setters early. All right. I like that. Um, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna piggyback off what Nico Mueller said. If they could score on the power play, they could play with anyone. Like if if they go 50 percent in the power play the rest of the season, they could very well win the tournament. And they can. It's a big ask, but yeah, they really can because Combs is back. Combs is back. They You've got a healthy, new. Yeah. You got a new power play one unit with Nienaus, which and, lo- which and, looks good. And Sasana's all. Sasana's been able to get a lot of high quality shots in on goaltenders yes, lately, especially on that first power play unit. It's just nothing went by because there was nobody in front. Um, this one I'm going to take for myself because I was easily amused by this question. Um, Nathan Stearns, our sports editor, asked, why does Joe Dandron look so much like Charlie Combs? Uh, to put this in perspective, uh, Joe Dandron has brown hair and is approximately 5'11", maybe 6 foot. I don't know. I haven't seen Joe in over a year. Uh, I will see him this weekend, though. So, Joe, look, Joe, I'm excited for that if you're listening to this. Um, and Charlie Combs is 5'6", with red hair and a beard. Uh, I don't think there's a single piece of hair on Joe Dandron's face. So this question is questionable, to say the least. <laughs> very, very, yes. Um, it, but what were you going to say? Nothing, nothing. Oh, no. I was. It was a pretty good Twitter exchange, though. It, it was. was a good Twitter That exchange. was pretty funny. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I can yeah. see the resemblance only a little bit, a little bit. Uh, with <laughs> All right, so I, I, I'll, I'll give Stearns this. When they when he does have the helmet on with the bubble and all you could really see, and like the, it takes away the beard and takes away the hair, it, there's there's something there. It might be the nose. I don't know. <laughs> that's it <laughs> just, that's about just it. a face com- the facial complex just the, the, the way much. that his face looks yeah so Stearns I appreciate the question but I think you're reaching yeah it's a little bit a too little, far buddy bit. I can say it a little bit I don't know a little it's, bit it's a bold strategy Cotton let's see how it plays out for him I mean unless Joe, unless secretly the, the sports editor of the state news uh, is running states uh, is on Michigan State's first power play and I just don't know it which in that case I'm terrible at my job <laughs> I mean when Combs was out I didn't see Dandron for a while that's true. He he's not busy now. The football's over. Someone's got a question. That guy. We'll we'll ask him. All right. Uh, last mailbag question. Moving on. Uh, Brian Goldsmith. Why is Michigan State continuously being outplayed in Game One of the series? Uh, I do have to open this up. Does anybody have a Game One stat? I think they're two seven and one. It's in Game Ones. Definitely. I yeah. Think two seven and one. That actually might now be. Wait. They be, didn't go to overtime again. It could be two eight no, no. and one again. Two seven and two. Yes. I mean, I could look it up, right? Two seven. I got two. the answer. It's not looking good. Yeah, <laughs> it's is. not good. Uh, I'm in. A, I'm in. A, I feel. I feel good about two seven and two, and I think both wins are Arizona State. Wait, no, I'm wrong. One. I don't one remember loses. them picking up the second game one win. I don't. Uh, I think Ohio I have State one. Overtime. That's one. Yes, and then the uh, Arizona State game one. First game. So yeah, it was a tie. Yes, so it is just one game, one win, and a tie, and a bunch of losses. No, yeah, so they they I, lo- swear, I think they did not one. win game one against uh, Wisconsin like three weeks ago, right? Yeah. No. Okay, and then and they lost. They lost game one against Arizona State. Yes. Including that game, one seven and one. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the point stands. Bad. Let's, re- let's reel it back, yeah, the, reel the, it back yeah. in here. The point, yeah, the point stands. Uh, why is Michigan State continuously being outplayed in game one? 
I'll take this one. And uh, thank you for the question, Brian. Brian's one of my homies. He was in one of my first uh, MSU classes. So shout out to you, Brian. Thank you for the question. But um, I don't really have a clear answer other than MSU has not been consistent all year. They've looked completely different from game one to game two. Obviously, we just ranted about that for a bit. And if I had to give some analysis answer, I would probably say that Cole's just been scrambling the lines a lot and nothing's really stuck too well. It's surely sure he's been scrambling them a little bit more in game twos than game ones, but nothing's really stuck except for these two lines that we saw this weekend looked pretty good. So if that sticks together and that starts to gel, maybe they'll do better in game ones. But I don't it's it's hard to really figure it out. So that's that's my answer. My only theory is uh this, my, only, my only theory is that this team comes out This team comes out passive. They try to see what the other team's trying to do. They come out flat-footed, get scored on, their badge coming, and their badge coming from behind. That's mine. Yeah, my, my theory is that somebody is putting tape on the blades of the skates. <laughs> That's not likely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's it's only on one side. Someone so would they, slip. I it's feel only like on they one would side, notice though. that, though, you know? Well they, finally, yeah, well, they finally notice in the second period, but at that point, it's already too far yeah. gone. These, no, these, these, are good, these are good hockey players. They'd notice. They, they they've been come on. They, come on. Yeah. They go to Michigan State University, a yeah. prestigious university here in the state are of Michigan. Kidding? This isn't Texas, Cam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say much. I do fall sometimes while trying to do a line change, hopping over the boards. So That's not, that's not how hockey's supposed to work. You're supposed to get off. You're not supposed yeah. to fall. Well, I mean, I tried. There was one time I literally rode the uh, the door. Some guy decided to open the door. As I, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get a t- I'm gonna get a too many men on the ice penalty because the puck was right in my skates." I jumped. All of a sudden, the door is open, and I'm like riding it like it's a bowl. I'm like, "What? What is going on here?" Is that more like, thrilling why? than like the the Meyer one cent like horse ride? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which one's more thrilling? It was it was one of the scariest moments of my life, okay, and I've so been through some scary stuff. No, you know what's scary is the back of your computer has. A baby with goggles and tentacles. It is an album cover for a progressive rock band called Thank You, Scientist. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's still so, terrifying. So, <laughs> it is. It is terrifying. The other I one I was going to do is actually weirder. It's got like a quarter of a earth cut out with a monkey and a whole bunch of other weird stuff. It's got. <laughs> they're a really good band. They have a saxophone player who's really cool. I met him. He was great. Why can't you just leave your computer normal? Not terrifying. I can't focus with that thing staring at me. <laughs> Well, at least I don't put like I'll so many stickers to, I'll, on I'll, it. I'll sit in the host seat. I'll, I'll take no, that. No, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I worked for this. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let him have his power. <laughs> yeah, I got. I, I get to watch Ryan Collins sit here for a while. I want this chair. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna embrace till the day I die. Not day I die. Day I leave here. Which seems like it's coming up because now we're in the final stretch. Um. So yeah, that's it for the mailbag. Yay! Woohoo! Brilliant analysis to end it off. You're about progressive rock bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that many more besides them because I've been my music taste has been changing like the seasons. So fair enough. Interesting. Oh, that, that's a big change. I mean, if you if your if your music taste taste it changes like Michigan weather, you're going from progressive rock to country to classical to rap. Take away the rap. All right. And I think oh my gosh, what have been like big, big, like '90s 2000s grunge. Big classical guy. Yeah, especially when I study. You know I, w- what? I was a band kid for a while, so I always have to find a new album to mm-hmm. listen to every that. semester because I'll read during it. But then once that semester's over, if I try to listen to that album, I'll just think about like the previous readings. So it's like if I try to listen to something from last year, I'm going to be like reading something. I'm like, oh, I'm just learning about, you know, fascism. I'm like thinking about fascism for some reason because that's what I I was listening to while reading about the origins of fascism because I had a, a like a Madison midterm due that like next week. 
Do you read for like fun or is it like for class? For class. Okay. I was going like, to say, I know, I know very little college boys read. College boys who read. No, I I have to read. I mean, if I want to get good grades, which my if my parents are listening, yes, mom and dad, I am getting good grades. I am putting my college education to good use. I am not doing anything other than that and being on this podcast. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I was going to say, like, I I, lo- I love writing with a passion, but I don't think I finished the book of my own leisure since second grade. I can agree with that. Uh, I'm kind of I'm the exact same. I'm the exact same. Oh, I remember writing a book at second grade. I'm just gonna leave it at that and move on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I'm I'm so tired of reading some of these things where it's like, oh yeah, the unit is the sum of the parts. Now we're gonna talk about the parts, and then we're gonna talk about how they relate to the unit, and it's all supposed to be talking about how this relates to countries and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm like, what? Really? It's like I just opened Pandora's box, and it's literally an entire just jargon-filled academic database of just articles that don't make sense read the first sentence read the last sentence if you can't understand it then throw it away that's what i'm going to start doing okay um hey is this the hockey podcast can I, uh <laughs> well, i mean we're still human beings with interest outside of college yeah, I mean, hockey come you're right, you're on right. how dare you it's, it's, saying, it's our second in person it's nice to talk yeah. but yeah we should we should get you're back right, to you're it right. here yeah. guys Wait, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying i don't know how many listeners come to us for uh, classical music, progressive rock, and reading about fascism. A lot more after this podcast, well, yeah, that's I mean, for sure. Last year, like every episode, every every episode included uh, how Johnny Supan felt about working at Meyer. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my god, that <laughs> would be serious. Oh my god, that would be bad right now. Adorative. Oh my. It would, oh, it would be just miserable. I couldn't do that. But you know what? At least it's better than a job where you have to drive all day because that would it, just driving in the snow all day. Like I, I, I can't even do five minutes. I don't want to do any more than I have to. The Michigan roads are terrible right now. Mm-hmm. All right, but go back. They're, they're worse <laughs> in Texas. Whoa, whoa. They're worse because you can't even go on them because of the traffic cones. There's barricades everywhere. That's true. Traffic the, cones. The are, state flag yeah. of Texas is a orange and white barricade. I'm telling you. Okay. That's what they should redo it as. Okay. The Lone Star State, no, the Lone Traffic Barrel State. Mm. I should go to Texas soon. You really should. It's really nice when not it's right not now. snowing. Five, right now, we're not ten. Yeah, there's people without power. It's not good. Yeah, and no water pressure. Just poor people. So we're just chilling up here in Michigan because we can actually our pipes can actually handle the snow, losers. <laughs> I way, to, way to hit him while they're down, Hattie. Gosh dang, man. Stop it. This is why St. Louis is great. This is why St. Louis is great. We've got, you know. No, 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 no. Okay, the picks, guys. The picks. We've yeah. got pipes that yeah. work. We have pipes and roads that both work. You Crazy. literally have crime two, like literally two minutes away from the hotels in the downtown center. People are getting, I can't even talk about it, but St. Louis. Also, fix your interstates, dude. Come on. Our interstate's are fine. You say it like he has control. <laughs> I literally almost get a flat tire every time I go through St. Louis. That's why I literally now have to go through the cornfields of Illinois to get back home. Our well, interstate's are fine. That's five hours of Illinois corn. Right. Well, I swear. Our interstate's better than a flat tire. It really is. Yeah, yeah Pickums. Uh, so, ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Moving into Pickums. Uh, so. Penn State uh, is getting a lot of COVID recently, so they didn't play against Michigan, and they're not going to play against Arizona State, so that one is not in our pickums. and I wanted to give Ryan, who has been going bold recently, uh, a chance to come back in the picks, because right now, um, Jacob can take his lucky stars, Nico Mueller scored a game-winning goal, because I would be tied with him if they didn't. <laughs> Jacob's at 26, I'm at 23, Cam's at 21, Ryan's at 19. No, you can't, no. 
I'm I'm just vibing. I wouldn't that's, that's all. That. I mean, I, I'm not celebrating. It's just like I'm vibing down here. It's fine. I'm. It's, I'm you got it's four, whatever. You got four weeks to go from worst to first, buddy. Make yeah, them count. Yes. Could punish you and just say if we get three credentials for South Bend, you stay here for your last. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be me next week. So yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're gonna get in the pickums for the week of February 18th to 24th. Uh, so first rivalry series number eight Michigan goes to Columbus to play Ohio State. Um, I have a Michigan sweep because they're the better team. Simple as that. I I need points, but I just can't not pick Michigan to sweep. So yeah, same thing Hattie said. Michigan sweep. This is not football. Michigan is actually going to beat Ohio State in a game that kind of matters, I guess. So I'm taking also taking Michigan to sweep. Came before you go. I this is I, I got I got to say this. It's hysterical that 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 school prides itself on football, and that's the one sport it's terrible at. Like they they are dominant in hockey, yeah. they're dominant in basketball, and and baseball as well. Like they're just good at everything they don't care about, and it's hysterical to me. I love the U of M slander on this podcast. Love it. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know if I would say dominant basketball, by the way, but I mean, they're yeah. a one seed. Relax. I mean, they're good this year. Yes. Yeah. But other than that, they, no, no, they're not. They made the finals yeah. like a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They lost, but they made they made the finals. Michigan State made the final four too. Okay, they actually made the finals. <laughs> okay, let, sure. let's just not okay, be okay, a homer okay. We're then. going, we're going. <laughs> but yeah, I used a broom to clean off my car, so I'm giving that broom. I'm driving it down to Ann Arbor so they they could use it to sweep up the Buckeyes. You mean Columbus? What did I say? It's going. I was, to be, no, I'm, dri- I'm driving it to Ann Arbor to yeah. give it to them so that they can bring it on the bus. Okay, to ah, sweep the Buckeyes. A waste of car in Columbus. <laughs> you just throw it underneath the charter bus. You could throw that anywhere. That's true. You're right. Yeah, Michigan in a sweep. All right. Simple as that. Uh, up next, the series we previewed already, Michigan State goes to Minneapolis to play on the big rink against number five, Minnesota. Um, I really pondered picking a split here because I think I like Michigan State's momentum. If they can score on the power play, they very well could take one or both of these games. Because Min- Min- Minnesota has five losses. Two of them are uh, – four of the five are them getting swept. So they could they could just take a weekend off. It, I mean, it, right now it's easy to overlook Michigan State. I mean, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota. Oh, Ryan, what are you doing? I'm changing it to a split. Good points you had there. And, you know, I Michigan State's got a chip on their shoulder. They they got to prove that they could do something. They're healthy. They looked good the last series. Sure, it was against ASU. But, yeah, I just changed mine from a Minnesota sweep to a split. So hopefully that doesn't bite me in the butt. It probably will. I've yeah. got Minnesota in a sweep. Um, it's pretty simple. Michigan State still... Yes, they did win, but once, but it was still Arizona State. Um, and yes, they established some momentum, but once again, it this is Minnesota we're talking about here. You're going against Jack LaFontaine. You're going against one of the best teams in the entire country. They're ranked number five for a reason. I don't see why you wouldn't pick Minnesota for sweeping the series. If they lose both of these games three to two, I would be a happy camper. Because number one, they would get scoring and they would hold Minnesota to their average in goals. I still have Minnesota in a sweep, but if we're going to talk about momentum, you would much rather lose a close game and play with the big boys of the Big Ten than they'll just get shut out again. So yeah. does, it does feel like a trap game. Looking looking ahead to trying to get number one, think you have six points in the bag. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Ryan's right here. Quick overlook. Quick overlook. It, 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 this is this is textbook trap game. Michigan State has momentum. Minnesota's overlooking. Could happen. Happens to the best of them. Yeah. And speaking of two teams, Michigan State might see in South Bend. Notre Dame uh, travels to Madison to take on number seven, Wisconsin. Uh, I have Wisconsin because I still Notre Dame is the most boring good team I've ever seen in college hockey. It is. It, they're so hard to watch. 
Like, I, I watch because, you know, I have to be good at this and know what I'm talking about. But they're just not fun. And Cole Caulfield is very good, and Notre Dame has no Cole Caulfield. So give me Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin is on an absolute tear right now. And I know Notre Dame doesn't look like the most flashiest team to keep up with them. But I still, Notre Dame is third in the Big Ten for a reason. They're still a good team. All they need is some consistent goaltending for two games, and they could they could easily eke out a split. So this one's not really for the points. This one, I think, could happen more than the Michigan State-Minnesota split that I changed it to. But yeah, give me a split, and hopefully it gives me a point. I've got a Wisconsin sweep. Wisconsin still absolute buzzsaw with that offense. Um, you know, Cole Caulfield, still the best player in hockey. We've already talked about this. Um, but Notre Dame, all at the same time, they they're good, but like they still haven't shown me enough consistency. They they got they're coming off of getting swept by Minnesota uh, over the weekend and getting shut out both games. They had they were on a three game win streak before that, but those wins were against one against Penn State and the other one two against Ohio State. So we're not exactly these aren't like necessarily huge wins. I I still need to see more consistency out of Notre Dame before I can actually pick them to win. I got a Wisconsin sweep. Uh. You just made a point that made me almost change my pick. I'm not going to, but you're right. Uh, it is hard to believe that Notre Dame is going to uh, is third in the Big Ten. And they're going to sit down and take four straight losses, especially when they are no, it's in Madison. Never mind. Uh, so it's hard to believe. Yeah, they're fighting for like who they're playing in the in the tournament, and they believe in they're they're going to drop four games. It's hard to believe, but I'm sticking with Wisconsin. I hate picking Notre Dame games because they decide to show up every time that I pick against them. So I'm still going to pick against them. Uh, I've got Wisconsin in a sweep. They're just they're the most consistently inconsistent team um, on par with Michigan State in the Big Ten this year. So this is kind of a huge toss-up. But the Cole Caulfield effect um, is noticeable, um, as we've seen with them basically just tearing apart teams lately. So, yeah, Wisconsin. All right. Um, Ryan, you fist pumped when he said he's sticking with his pick. Uh, you should read the room because it is very possible that when we when we record next, you could be down ten. Oh yeah, <laughs> with with the picks I'm picking now, no, this is high risk, little reward that will probably bite me in the butt. So You're the if first, I yeah. if I'm down a lot next week, there's this is the reason why, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, swinging for the fences, swinging yes. for the fences. You're other you're other in first or last next week. I like it. He's <laughs> calling a shot, and he better not get. Sh- like strike out swinging on all three. He did say that uh, Minnesota Minnesota would not sweep two weeks ago, so he did call that. So you got to give him credit. Some, I, sometimes, yes, I called one thing right this season. And I, yes, some, yeah. yes, it stretches work. <laughs> but in terms of points, like he's not really swinging for the fences on points, going Ooh. for splits. Ooh, but good. that's a math term later. Later. Oh no. Uh, if we, yeah. Oh, I should have decided this before. Uh, I, sh- I should have said whoever finishes last in the pick them drive to South Bend. <laughs> no, it's... Oh, I actually I don't think I could because okay last time I, I'm okay with this. Let's do this. The last time no, I no, ju- no. <laughs> the last time I decided to drive like cross country, my car decided to go a wall. Don't do that. Good thing you're not it's in not last. Yeah. And it's a brand new car. It's okay. got sixteen thousand miles on it. Okay, good thing you're not in last. Do better research when you buy cars. It's a beautiful car. Or do better sure, research. Apparently when, not. Or do better research when you're picking games, so yeah. that way you don't finish in last. You got thirty stats an episode. How are you not first? Yeah. <laughs> radio, yeah. radio silence radio silence Crickets. i actually was trying to figure out what he said i i did not hear what he said oh uh <laughs> you have 30 stats per episode how are you not first well it's because sometimes stats lie that's true they do there's yes. a difference between a statistician and a journalist mm? numbers so, don't lie sometimes they do no they don't 
anything could happen in sports, gentlemen. It's Come different. on. I mean, it it's anything. It's Sunday. hockey, baby. It is hockey. There's lots of game left. That's true. Uh, and yes, as I said before, Penn State just cannot stop getting COVID. So they were postponed. So I, uh, I included two toss-up NHL series because the NHL this year, I should have done this more this year. Uh, the NHL does do like two-game series uh, to uh, minimize travel. Uh, so we are going to pick same same uh, same idea. You could pick one team to split the two games. You could pick uh, the split. Same uh, same thing. You pick you predict a sweep, two points. Predict a split, one point. Uh, we're going to start with the Battle of Alberta uh, taking place in Calgary. Oilers versus Flames. I'm going to go with a split because both teams look the exact same to me right now. Same here. It's. Yeah, it's a split. It's a battle of the middle of the Canadian division right now. Yeah. Neither team, you know, they're kind of the same thing. You've got a couple good big names. you got McDavid and Drysaddle for the Oilers. You know, Goudreau and Monaghan on the other end for the Flames. And then who else? Uh, Winnipeg? Vancouver? No, I mean, like, Wait, who else? He's talking the about team? the rosters. Who, oh. who else on the rosters other than, like, the big stars? Where was I? I don't know. Uh, Giordano's been decent on the power play. Oh, oh no. 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 no! 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 We got to restart, guys. Is that a point? We restart. That's the whole point. Is that a point? <laughs> That's not a point. Mm, I don't know. You were seven minutes late, and that happened. Uh, what does edit that part out? What did that? No, part no, out? no, no, no. Sorry, you can just drive to Southland. <laughs> yeah, I, I will just drive that. Notre Dame. Oh, was forgiven. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I'll I'll bring this one back in here. Uh, for this series, Oilers vs. Flames. I'm picking the Oilers to win both, but hold on a second. I got to bring something up. I may be last in the pickums, gentlemen, but I am first in fantasy hockey. And Hattie last week, by the time we recorded, said he was ahead heavily. Well, not heavily, but you chirped at the beginning of the episode saying that you were ahead. And yeah, I remember that. So I'm just going to say I won against Hattie last week. Very, very pride? close. No. Do you take and, pride? Uh, now I'm 5-1, and one, so no, I'm no. doing good. You should not take pride <laughs> in Max Petrotti losing me this, in the matchup because by, oh two, by point two points because he can't hit an empty net. Point, that You're... was, yeah. It. I wish I could like explain... In detail, what happened on the podcast, but I'll skip it. I won by point two points yes. just because because empty net was missed. Yes, yes, I'm angry. I am first in the, I am first in points four, and I'm three and two. I'm outraged. That's <laughs> Does, stupid. Doesn't Ryan have Mark Stone on his no. fantasy team? No, no I don't. Okay, he has, well, has Marchessio. Uh, I picked because I picked. Bench, I literally yeah. I was picking somebody while we were doing the fantasy draft, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get like either Stone or Pacioretty, and then both gone. Yeah, both gone. Literally immediately after we. are Afterwards, because wah, snake wah, draft wah, wah, sucks. Wah. Pick better. Yeah. Don't 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 tell me auction drafts are better. No, it's just I I didn't pick right, but I did pick a couple of things right because I am the only person with a negative point differential with a winning record. That's not a, that's not sustainable. Well, you beat me by fifty, and somebody just beat me by forty because I've had no holy goaltender for well, I've literally had moly. I've I think my goaltenders have played a combined six games. <laughs> well, don't get blown out of the water. I'll try not to. But yeah, my pick, um, I'm going against the grain of pretty much everybody. I got Blasty in a sweep. I like Calgary. I like their reverse retros. You have to explain Blasty. Hmm? You have to explain Blasty. Why people don't know Blasty. The I horse? mean, search yeah. it up, but yeah. yeah. The horse is on the on the front yeah, of the, the uh, yes. Flames jerseys. So they play the Sco- Calgary Flames. They play in the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. You know, what do you put a saddle on? A horse. And Blasty is one of the most iconic logos of, I think it was the 90s, is when they first put Blasty. It might have been 93. That was such an awful hot take. That that logo was terrible. I like it on the wow. black jerseys, though. It looks so I good like it on the black jerseys. jerseys. It does look good on and Ryan, Ryan did say before we recorded the podcast, when we had talked about the reverse retro Kachinas from Arizona, we forgot about Blasty. Yes. 
Blasty I like I like Blasty on the black uniforms. Not, I, not more than the Kachina though. No, oh, not yeah. more than I like the regular Kachina better than the reverse retro because yeah. somehow like that green that green is weird. I yeah. like the purple Kachina. Uh, it's, uh, but long story yeah. short, yeah, Calgary in a sweep. Yeah, uh, I I I want a state title wearing Blasty and I hated it. <laughs> it's bad. It's not a good logo. It's an ugly horse. It's got like a weird birthmark on its nose. I don't like it. Moving on. By the way, speaking of uh, Arizona State and Michigan State uniforms in Game Two, Game Two were atrocious. Oh, yeah. I do like Arizona State's better than Michigan State's. Yes. That was that, that's terrible. It looks like they're wearing shoulder pads. I want to see. Like, I want. The, yeah. I want, I want the script whites, and I want the gray Arizona State, and we'll, everyone goes home happy. I just want to like permanently retire the Blues' reverse retro jerseys. That's all. Oh, you? You want to retire reverse, reverse retro? They're, they're getting they're getting a little rough. I, seeing them in person and seeing the Blues actually use them, they're not it. Wait it's till the Wings bust it. out oh, the practice thank, jersey. Thank oh God my. the Wings haven't used it yet. Like they're they shouldn't use it at all. They've seen they've seen the like the replies to their tweets. They they just yeah. know they shouldn't wear it. Or they'll get cooked. Yeah. <laughs> the Stars were supposed to wear their reverse retros on Monday night, and they canceled it because of snow. <laughs> that that jersey is white as snow, and they canceled it because there was too much. Snow and the power outages in Dallas. Conspiracy. So it's like, I don't. I'm not gonna lie. Like until I see it, like in person and on the ice, I was very skeptical about the blackout jerseys. But they look sick. I love. I love their blackout jerseys. For somehow, some like after you get done with the the Muteris, hands down the blackout jersey. I I will take that. Sorry. Oh yeah. Next picks. Yeah, we are we are way off. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of uniforms, uh, up, our next pick is Golden Knights and Avalanche. The Golden Knights chrome gold are terrible. They, yeah, they're, they're hard to look at. I I don't mind them that much. You they're should. Like, you should. They're, you really they're should. meh, but they don't, I don't think they look gosh dang awful. They're def, there's definitely better jerseys out there, but yes. like, yes. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like a very, I, I mean, like a solid like five, four out of ten. Yeah, just We're talking a, about the helmets. Mm-hmm. Oh, the helmets. The, oh, the helmet. You're talking about the, the like the gold jerseys. The people photoshopping the weekend halftime show on the helmets. <laughs> I hate that joke. I hate that joke. It is so overblown. It really is. Yeah. That, well, that's all. Most social media is. Somebody puts it out well, there, yeah. and then the helmets. I would agree. The helmets are bad. The helmets are bad. The they remind me too much of Notre Dame, and just not. It's just not it. Notre Dame does like like they, they do the same helmet. They do it's it good. subtle. Though. It's like yeah, yeah. it's more it's, subtle. Yeah, and it goes well it, with the colors. And it's like it's, it's less gold. shiny. This is like a chrome like gold. It's not. It just does not. It looks like C three PO exactly. All right. So yeah. In conclusion, I think Michigan and Michigan State should both be banned from wearing anything but scripts. That's fair. But thank fair. you. I'm glad we're all in agreement. If not, I'll probably send you to volleyball <laughs> or the golf beat. A lot of threats. Yeah, you you can have the golf beat. I actually was supposed to write a golf blurb for the well, magazine that was supposed to happen, but never did. Yeah, well, keep slacking off. Oh, yeah, back to the pickums. Uh, Golden Knights versus Avalanche. Two games. Uh, these teams will play four times in a row. They split their first series. Um, I have Vegas uh, because it would benefit my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse I, me. I was very tempted to pick a split before this just because that's exactly what happened in the series they played over the weekend. Um, but I'm I'm hammering Vegas for the sweep. Um, it just, you know, Vegas' offense has just been rolling all season. And Colorado's still dealing with a ton of injuries uh, to people like Kemal Carr and others. So uh, I'm taking Vegas in the sweep. Give me the avalanche because it will benefit my fantasy team. And they got a couple people on COVID protocol. If they come back, they'll sweep them. But I don't really know. I just put it down and hopefully it gives me two points. As far as my fantasy team goes, I just want Nate McKinnon to just get a hat trick each game, but lose every game 4-3. Or lose both games 4-3. That'd be nice. Okay. I don't like either of these two teams. 
I got them in a split. I'm glad I'm not the only one that doesn't like Vegas. I hate Vegas. Like, okay, they're annoying. I have I have a Cody Eakin Vegas jersey because you know he got picked by the expansion draft. Yeah. My parents went to Vegas. They got it for me for Christmas, which mm-hmm. thank thank That's you cool. for that because it's a great jersey. Um, but yeah, that arena is just so hard to play in. It really is. Every literally, the puck takes weird caroms off the boards, which is why I made that you know a or that illusion last week with box question that mailbag question but it's like it's so hard to play in i don't like colorado because they're overhyped every year and i'm just glad the stars beat them in the playoffs last year so i can have bragging rights and they also beat them all four times in the regular season including two times but but who's keeping who's keeping track of that yeah but yeah (laughs) fair but yeah split nothing too much about it easy enough is that all the pickums? Yeah, it's all the yeah. pickums. Look at us go. Jeez. Look at us go. It took that, 10 minutes. Yeah, that took forever. <laughs> um, I did want to give one more rapid fire question before we do sign off. Um, so as we're nearing the end of the end of this, I want I'm I'm starting I'm starting to look at the end here. Uh, if you had to pick one Big Ten team to make a run at the Frozen Four, who is it right now? It's between Minnesota and Wisconsin. If I had to pick, I'm going to just stick to my guns through this whole season. I'll say Minnesota, but Wisconsin can easily do it. Yeah. Um, the, the key is for winning a title is always about the team that gets hot at the right time. Like, legit, the shirt that I'm wearing right now is a perfect example of that. The St. Louis Blues from a few years ago. Getting hot at the right time is the key to actually winning a championship. And... That's right. That right now is Wisconsin Badgers. They have been rolling. That offense just torches every defense they play for the most part. Um, so honestly, my favorite is Wisconsin. As of right now, just with the way that seeding goes, it's going to be Minnesota. But I would not be surprised if, depending on who wins that second semifinal game between Michigan and Minnes- or Michigan and Wisconsin, in my bracket, would get that at large bid. We are going to do brackets. Uh, that just gave me an idea. Would Would you say that we could get, or what? like the Big Ten could get three at large bids, just with the way that everything is now, where oh, if yeah. so, if somebody like if somebody like yeah. Michigan were to win the Big Ten tournament, and Wisconsin and Minnesota are both higher rankings than them in USCHL. Oh yeah, especially especially if uh, Michigan or, or Michigan or Wisconsin win the tournament and they get an automatic bid, they, the other two are making it for sure. I, I would say the Big Ten is just shoe in to give three, maybe four if Notre Dame could pull it off in their home ice. I would, yeah, I would say they they got a good chance at three fours. Notre Dame would have to be ranked. They would, or, they would or, have, or they, they would win the tournament. Well, I would I would say their yeah. regular season would have to get you know even better because somebody in, like on a playoff committee would come in and say you know home ice advantage. Yeah. So. If they can go, there's like what, maybe six or eight games left for them. Yeah, go six and two. Yeah, yeah, go six and two or five and one. If there's only six, easy enough. Get get ranked and then win it all. And then as long as the other three don't slip up as much and make it to the the quarterfinals, and you have a top four in the in the uh, semis, you get a four. All right, uh, Jacob hit the nail on the head for this. Uh, he's right. Like whoever gets hot, it's not about who's good, it's about who's hot at the time. Um, and looking at this team, like looking at it, uh, the one roster I'd be scared of most if they get hot is Michigan. That power play is lethal. If Strassman catches fire, that was a Frozen Four team last year, and Mel, Mel Peterson just turns it on in the second half. Right now, I would pick Michigan to make it, and I know this is a Michigan State podcast. No one's going to like that, uh, but Michigan's bad at football. I'll take pride in that. <laughs> yeah, give them that. So, yeah. 
Um, does anybody have, have anything else to say since we're in person? We'll, and, you know, we're not restricted by, by my terrible internet. Actually, I do have one thing. I just pulled up the score of the live Blackhawks Red Wings game. Yeah, one right thing. as I, one yeah, thing. right when I pulled it up, Blackhawks scored a goal. So sorry, Red Wings fans. Kurashev. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing Blackhawks goal in fantasy. <laughs> Who got the assists? Uh, you could look that up on your own time. Okay. <laughs> I, I I need uh, Kubalik to do good. So yeah, I don't. I just wish my goalies in fantasy just weren't like actively terrible and like actively losing me points. Like I had a game, uh, like Monday, I legit lost. Uh, about yeah, I, I lost six point eight points. My team put up eighteen, just because my goalies were terrible. That was Gibson and Corposalo, both losing me points. Um, I'll give you Kevin Lankinen for Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> hey, he's, he's that's a fair 10. trade. He's top ten. Okay, I I I would rather uh, I, I'd rather keep Nathan McKinnon. All right. if, you, if anybody has anybody on the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, or the Tampa Bay Lightning, just keep them. Okay. Get as many people as you can because Florida is on a tear right now. I don't now. like the Hurricanes yeah. either. I don't. I don't like the Hurricanes. Like I picked up Eric Stahl too much. I, pe- I picked up Jordan Stahl. Sorry, he's he's been hammered. He's already got two point six points tonight. Alrighty. All right. Well, before we bore anyone else, anyone else because <laughs> that that no like no one really cares. Yeah, about the, the actual rea- yeah the actual reality of life is no one cares about your fantasy team. They really don't. They do not. They don't. Like, not even myself. Like sometimes they'll ask it, but like you know, that's it. No one cares. So we're just gonna end it off, uh, end it here before anything else happens. Uh, follow all of our all of our Twitters for stuff like that, because I'm sure we'll do coverage this weekend when they play Minnesota. Um, and if you're not, if you listen to this, you know, follow us on Twitter. I hope your pillow's warm. That's just what are you doing? Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm Kyle on behalf of Ryan, uh, Cam, and Jacob. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>